0: From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Welcome to the Komen Health Equity Revolution podcast series. Each month, we invite in patients, community organizations, healthcare partners, researchers, and policy advocates to discuss strategies and solutions that drive the health equity revolution forward from multiple populations experiencing breast health inequities. Multiple communities face unique barriers to breast health care, including lack of access to quality care, financial constraints, and cultural differences. Susan G. Komen's Patient Care Center works to address these barriers by providing a variety of services and resources, such as patient navigation, financial assistance, and culturally sensitive care. Komen patient navigator Mariana Garza joins us today to discuss the specific breast health inequities that communities face in accessing breast health care, as well as the ways the Patient Care Center is helping to break down these barriers. Mariana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you about this. This is uh, one of my favorite series that we do on the podcast because it's just so important. Um, So. Let's start with a bit about the the, uh, the Susan G. Komen Patient Care Center. Tell us about that and, and about its mission.
1: Of course. So um, here at Susan G. Komen Patient Care Center, basically what we do is, you know, provide support, provide knowledge, advocacy, and we empower individuals facing challenges in their breast cancer journey. Um, we are mostly a bridge between all of the complexities that exist in the diagnosis, treatment, um, and in survivorship. And we do that with compassion. We do it with expertise. What we try to do under our mission is to save lives by addressing the most critical needs of our communities right now, and to make sure that people have the access they need to achieve health equity and to help those with breast cancer um, get the unique support they need. Um, All of this is done through the patient care center and through patient navigation. So we identify and we we reduce barriers. Um, We provide accessibility and we try to reduce cancer related distress. Um, Everything that we do is free. So Comins Navigators offer free personalized support to patients, but not only patients, right? Also caregivers, family members, We um, include education, we provide emotional support, um, financial assistance, we help them have actual access to care, and many other resources that might be needed along the way. Um, We work in a telehealth model, which makes patient support very accessible to those who may not have navigation or who may not have any local resources. So that is what we do. Yeah. I
0: love that. All right, so I wonder if next, could you talk a little bit about what some of the biggest barriers are to breast health care uh, in, in some of these communities?
1: Yeah, we see so many barriers related to breast health care. Um, first of all, the healthcare care system can be extremely daunting, and it can be further complicated for those communities that have been historically marginalized, right? Or for people living with metastatic breast, breast cancer, which is stage four, uh, many of the patients that we, that we serve face an economic or financial barrier that can delay care, disrupt treatment. Um, it's more than half, it's like 52% uh, of the patients that we serve. And out of that 52%, 84% um, have, their income is at or below 200% of the federal poverty level, so 84% of those. Um, so it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big barrier. And for those, you have the ones, well, the communities, you know, that struggle with their day-to-day living expenses, those who struggle to afford their medical bills or those who struggle to meet both. Um, we have the barrier of health insurance itself, right? Those patients who do have health insurance, who struggle to afford, um, or meet their high deductibles, who struggle to pay those co pays that need to be presented upfront before any kind of procedure or doctor's, uh, you know, meeting, whatever. Um, the coinsurance fees can be so high. We serve some patients that are underinsured and lack adequate coverage. There are others that are in the famous donut hole for Medicare or prescription coverage. And we navigate the uninsured population, which is a big one as well. Um, With that one comes another barrier, which is immigration status. This will immediately disqualify anyone from any kind of insurance. And the only options for them are charity programs, which are not available everywhere in the country. It's in specific areas. And this will for sure delay screening. It will delay a diagnosis. It will delay treatment. And all of this brings a fear factor, which is also such a big barrier. Um, We know it is language and literacy level, which brings lack of understanding and making uninformed decisions. If you are not understanding and comprehending what they are trying to say, it will bring, you know, not the best decisions for somebody's care. We see the barrier of housing and lodging, which sounds similar, but it's not. So housing, we see it as local, right? Those that struggle to pay the rent, those that struggle to pay their mortgage, those who are facing eviction, those who are on a waiting list for you know, Section 8 housing programs. And we also noted lodging problems like barrier. If you have to travel for your treatment, you have to stay somewhere. That can be expensive, and it can be a huge barrier. Same thing with transportation, right? Um, if you ha- if you don't have a way of getting to your appointments, it will delay everything, and the access to care will definitely be impacted. It's a big one. And uh, mental health. It's such there's such a big stigma around mental health. It should not be optional. But when that is not navigated the right way can definitely be a big barrier to care.
0: Hmm. Wow, I I had not considered many of those things. Um and there I mean you just listed two to three times the number of barriers that I would have anticipated you listing, um, which is why we're I guess having this conversation of course, right? Yeah. Um but I, I really appreciate you bringing light to all of those. Um so so how how does the patient care center work to address some of the unique needs of some of these different communities that face breast health inequities like, you know, the Black, Latino, LGBTQ+, and and other rural communities.
1: Right. So we, our main priority is just to make sure that no one faces breast cancer alone. Um, We know the lack of access is just one of the key drivers to health inequities. And this is why we have made our helpline accessible to anyone in the U.S. that needs us. And it could be by phone, it could be by email. So immediately upon reaching out to us, they will be connected to a patient navigator who will then uh, stay with them for as long as they need. Um, We as navigators provide personalized care because Mm -hmm. we're very aware that everyone reaching out has a different need, right? Every story is completely different. And it is a very very important that we tailor those needs and that we provide individualized support that is just as unique as they are and as their stories are and as their cases are. Um, So once this connection with a patient navigator is done, the team will spend the time necessary to ensure that all of their questions are answered and that they have the, I mean, access to the resources that they need. Um, And this could take one phone call or it could take six months of support a year for those that have multiple barriers, right? And they have to be unfolded one by one. Um, It's very important for us to identify uh, these barriers and to put them in priority. Um, Every case is different. So for somebody, the priority could be getting all of the paperwork to be approved by a charity program. For another one, it could be let's coordinate transportation. Let's find a free program. Let's find, you know, it, it's just that it's just different, and it's very important that we uh, figure out which one is the one that needs to be prioritized the most. Um, we all of the information that we try to give to these patients are. It's culturally relevant. It's responsive educational uh, information and resources. Um, hmm. The team is just as diverse as the people we serve. I mean, research has shown. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, research has shown right that people and we, we there's a better outcome when you work with someone who shares your lived experience. I mean, there's
0: right, yeah, that's right.
1: So the team is very diverse. Um, we, we provide tools. We provide resources. We try to empower these patients to take an active role in their treatment plan. We hold their hands, but sometimes they need the push. And that is mm-hmm. our role to, you can do this. You need to do this advocacy, self advocacy and empower them. Um, just for them to be able to make an informed decision about their care. We give them a list, for example, the comments, questions to ask the doctor. Um, if they need educational materials that is evidence-based, we can provide that and that could be tailored to that specific community. Um, for example, we work in a partnership, like I said, to identify those barriers. And if there's a language barrier, for example. We will make sure that the resources that we provide are in that specific language, and we will make sure that that person has a translator at their medical appointments. Um, Another one, the citizenship status or the distrust of the medical system that many of our Black patients often experience. Um, It brings fear, it delays getting care. Um, So, by showing them how to self advocate, and educating them is a way that we um, make sure that this has a better outcome, right?
0: Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I, I like so many of those things, again, like so many things you mentioned are not things that I would have even thought about. Um, and, and so I, I, I love, I love those services. So I'm curious, do you, do you have, like, could you share a story about a patient that's been helped by the patient? Uh Care center, do you, you have one in mind?
1: Yeah, there are so many stories to tell, right? There are some that actually stay with us. Um, I have a story of a patient that I navigated. She, she reached out to Comin's patient care center through the helpline. Um, this patient, she was, well, she is in her early forties. She does not have a legal status and she is uninsured, um, diagnosed with breast cancer. When she got to me, she had already undergone uh, surgery and chemo. So she still needed to do radiation therapy. She needed 40 rounds of radiation. And because she didn't have any health insurance, she needed to come up with $4,000 up front to start radiation. Mm. So she had been part of a a charity program by a specific entity. And then for radiation, she was uh, referred to a third party right, that was asking for those $4,000. This radiation center um, also needed an updated ultrasound and mammogram before beginning her treatment, and um, this patient did not have a way to cover those $4,000 or the cost for the ultrasound and the mammogram. So I Mm. spoke to her during the intake, We well, I I identified that the patient was in need of, of assistance with prosthetics and bras because she had had a single mastectomy and that came up in intake that it highly affected her um Uh she was interested in fertility preservation resources she was newly married still in her early 40s but very aware that her time was running out regarding fertility right um and she was in need of emotional support so i was able to work with her for a long time, we re- developed our relationship, and um, I leveraged several of Komen's programs. I got her over to the screening and diagnostic program. She applied, and she w- was approved, and she was given a voucher by Comen, where she was able to get her ultrasound and her mammogram for free, no cost. Um, she had already received um, Komen's financial assistance funds, so she she had already got that funding before she got to me, but I referred her to other organizations. We submitted so many applications for financial assistance. One of them took um, so much advocating and phone calls on my end, but at the end, she was awarded $2, 000, a little bit over $2,000 that went directly to the treatment center to help her offset the cost of her radiation therapy. We were very happy when we got that call. Um, We I connected her to organizations and they sent her bras and prosthetics at her house as well for free. Um, We did so much research regarding fertility preservation and we discussed all of her options Um, and I shared information, right? And resources regarding emotional support and resources, domestic abuse, just in case she were to need that. So that is a good story of success that I have. That is very, I have deep in my heart.
0: <sighs> I love that. I yeah. love that. Man, so fortunate that she was able to get in touch with you. Yeah. You were able to, to help her with all those things. That's so great. That's so great. Well, so, uh, so what advice would you, ha- would you give to people that are in communities that face breast health inequities and, and they're concerned about their breast health and they need support? Like, what advice do you have for them?
1: Well, my recommendation to anyone who is needing to discuss options or has questions about their breast health, or has a breast cancer diagnosis, would be to contact um, Coleman's Patient Care Center, or ask if a social worker, a case manager, or a navigator is available through their care center. Uh, no matter where where they fall within the breast continuum of care, if it's uh, screening or diagnostics, or you know all through survivorship, as well as those who are living with metastatic breast cancer. I mean, no one should ever need to face any health concern or diagnosis alone. Um, There's a lot of fear, there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of unknown that can be uh, daunting. And nearly 100% of the people they they received the help they needed from a patient navigator. So I would definitely recommend recommend them to reach out. Um it, it takes a village and we're here just to help everybody through their breast cancer journey.
0: That's right. And and if someone did want to reach out, how would they go about doing that?
1: Um very easy. We can they can reach out through the helpline which is uh, one eight seven seven four six five six six three six, or via email, which is um, helpline at komen dot org, or they can also go through the website, uh, which is komen dot org with a K.
0: That's fantastic. Well, Mariana, um, I, I genuinely appreciate the work that you do. That you do. It takes a very special person to be able to help people in the way that you do. And I I just so admire it. Um, Thank you for, for all the good work you're doing. Thank you for helping so many people. And thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Thank you.
0: And thank you for joining another episode of the Komen Health Equity Revolution podcast series. We will continue to galvanize the breast cancer community to support multiple populations experiencing breast health inequities to advance and achieve breast health equity for all. To learn more about health equity at Komen, please visit komen.org forward slash health equity. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.